0: The following production is brought to you by the Talking Buds Leaf Show.
1: Talking Buds Leaf Show. How's it going, everybody? I'm Rob. He's Ryan. Another special interview episode today, we have all round good guy, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet. We talk a little Leafs, we talk about the ebbs and flows of a season, Austin Matthews, Kyle Dubis, great discussion. It's good that we talked about the ebbs and flows of the season because last week I looked at you and asked you, are you panicked? about the current state of the Toronto Maple Leaf goaltending, and all it took was a weekend back-to-back to to remind me and you and you, relax. We haven't had something to freak out about in a while, so we we were due for a minor freak out about goaltending. The Philadelphia Flyers are, are not a very good hockey team. And we also talk about how the Leafs get dominated by the coyotes or other teams well the leafs dominate the red wings and the flyers yes they dominate them every time and listen that's that's what you want that's what you want to see i feel kind of dumb i'm gonna be honest with you i feel kind of dumb because i was starting to get caught up in the uh oh the goalies are coming crashing back down to earth Uh oh Morgan Riley's back, and the the defensive system is struggling because he's an offense-first type player. And sure enough, out they go, back to back dominant wins, depth scoring in the Philly win. That's, I do. I feel. I feel. I feel a bit stupid. Well, as you will hear coming up, Kevin talks about the ebbs and flows of an 82-game season, especially. One with this hockey team where all you're thinking about is uh, what's going to happen in the spring. So let's not waste any more time and get to our interview with Kevin Mickey of Sportsnet. Joining us now is Sportsnet's very own Kevin Mickey. Kevin, welcome to Talking
0: Buds, sir. Gentlemen, how the hell are you guys doing today?
1: We're wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Happy to. Anytime we have someone on the pod. I always like to start it off with the most, like the broadest question I can think of. So (laughs) that's what I'm going
0: to do with you. Let's do it.
1: We're now almost four months into the season. What's been your main takeaway from this 2022, 2023 version of the Toronto Maple Leafs?
0: Uh, It's a long season, Mm -hmm. I think. And that's something I got to remind myself of every single year because The sky is falling. The sky is not falling. The goalies are great. The goalies are terrible. Let's just pump the brakes here and just wait a second. Let's evaluate closer to the end of the year. Because isn't that what we all want to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs at the end of the year? We say, oh, let's wait till the end of the season and figure out what this team actually is. Well, I think uh, case in point, once again, for the 2022-23 season, that's exactly what they need to do. Just wait, see what this team does in the playoffs. I think they've shown that they have a lot of skill. They have a lot to work with. But it, nothing really matters until you get to April, May, June. Hopefully May and June for this squad, for the Toronto Bay Leafs. But, yeah, it's a long season. Wait and see. That's kind of what I've learned from this team.
1: It's funny that you bring up the goalies because last week it was the skies falling with the goaltenders and then back-to-back mm-hmm. uh, back on the weekend. And, oh, they're fine. They both had good yeah. games. We're fine. Everyone relax.
0: Exactly. I mean, this is a, it's a, the business I, that I'm in. It's a narrative driven business and the Mm -hmm. narrative the easy sell for everyone to talk about because again it's a long season you always need something to talk about was the fact that the goalies were being stinky at the moment well hang on a second things seem okay so let's uh try something else here but I'm sure that the I'm sure that the conversation the topic surrounding the goalies will come back at some point when Samsonov or Murray lays an egg again
1: Absolutely, you can throw Austin Matthews in there as well. Like a lot of uh, discourse and discussion around his play, and like what's wrong with him, what isn't wrong with him? Is he having a down year? No, he's not. He's actually his two hundred foot game is actually much better. Uh, he's 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 way below his goal pace last year, but that's okay as long as he scores goals when it matters most in April. And it's like, I'm with you. You just it's a long season. You gotta kind of not get swept up in it and sit back and relax and just enjoy the ride. This is a good hockey team. That's going to make the playoffs. Mm. Probably have a rematch with Tampa in the first round again.
0: I would have to agree with you. And yes. you kind of prepare yourself just knowing that that is about to happen. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago. So I was, I was, I was in, the, the sportsnet sends me to Leaf practices from time to time to uh, just gather sound and do chats about the team and whatnot. And one of the questions asked to Keith was like, "Oh, do you uh, do you play your cards when you when you play the Lightning? Like, do you show everything that you have?" And Keith is really good at answering but not answering questions at the same time. Uh, and he basically said, um, "We're going to play as hard as we possibly can to show the to show everybody that." we can keep up with the lightning. We can beat the lightning. And I think that a couple of times this season, the team has looked like they could be competitive with the Tampa Bay lightning moving into the playoffs. But again, it's a wait and see sort of season every year for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but especially this year where it seems like it's Dubas' sort of last dance season going into the playoffs. So it's a really wait and see sort of thing when you go and prepare for the Tampa Bay lightning in the playoffs.
1: I'm glad you touched on Dubas there because um, one of the... um, Topics of discussion amongst the fan base that I'm really interested in, that I see a lot um, debated a lot on Twitter is the pro dubis crowd is like, resign him now. Like we've seen enough. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. You're running the risk of this guy walking out the door. I don't think he would walk out the door personally, but that's just my opinion, but do it now. And then you have the other side of the coin, which is Nope, we need playoff success. He's on his, like, this is his last chance. Where do you stand on that? Because personally, Earlier in the season, I was a lot more, oh, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. But now I I wouldn't be opposed to them re-signing him. I think he's like who the idea of bringing somebody else new in here and starting again from scratch just terrifies me. Mm -hmm. So why? Like, I understand their logic, but why not sign him now? Where do you stand on this?
0: You know, we touched on a couple things and it's interesting. I I also wouldn't be opposed to the Leafs extending him at this point. Um, Based on his general personality, I don't think that the lame duck contract is something that really bothers him too much. I think that he's comfortable with his bosses at MLSE and working with this in a final year of a contract um, and he's comfortable working towards the goal of getting past the first round of the playoffs and very clear that he understands that that is a goal, Uh, winning around and doing more would actually be ideal. Um, And in terms of what Maple Leaf fans should want, well, I would say that if the Leafs did re-up Dubas, I think that they should feel more comfortable if they enjoy the idea of having the core four up front because the core four has that familiarity with Dubas, particularly Austin Matthews. He's worked with Dubas's camp before and vice versa. So there's the familiarity. And when it comes to re-signing or extending contracts, Um, does that change? If you bring in a new regime, do they view Austin Matthews in a different light? Maybe they view him more favorably than Dubas does. Although, I don't necessarily believe that anybody views Austin Matthews better than Kyle Dubas does. But maybe there's a regime that comes in and wants to pay Matthews and Nylander uh, when they're coming up for renewal. They want to pay them more money than Dubas is currently willing to pay. We're not, not too sure about that. But if I'm a Leaf fan and you want to kind of play this conservatively, you say, okay, if they extend Dubas, here the, here's the pros. The fact that they, he knows the team intimately well, he knows his coaching staff really well, and he still got the seal of approval from those above him in the organization, being Brennan Shanahan and then being the owners, uh, including Larry Tannenbaum. So he's got the approval of everyone in house. So that should make me a little more comfortable. But I mean, if you're a little less conservative of a Leaf fan, you could say, oh, you know what? I think that Dubas has had his chance. Uh, Let's try and bring in some different type of players. It's time for a different plan. And I think that the core four type players, including Matthews and Nylander, they should feel good about new regime coming in and bringing in a new set of players with them because that will make the players feel more reinvigorated when Mm. it comes time to re-up their contracts because they'll see that a new plan is in place that will finally get them over the hump if they don't get over the hump this year. And then maybe Matthews will want to stick out longer instead of signing what might be like a rumored one, two, three-year contract. He's going to sign that eight-year deal that will keep him as a Toronto Maple Leaf for life. So it depends on what sort of Maple Leaf fan you are. But if you said Kyle Dubas is going to get extended in the next week, in the next month, I would say that Leaf fans should feel comfortable with that. Do you think one, winning one round is
1: enough to keep Dubis around?
0: Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, is, I, I, I do don't, too. I, 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 I don't think that that's a goal of theirs, just one round. And I think that even if they win that round, it still shouldn't necessarily be considered a massive success. It should feel like that building block should have happened a while ago so take whatever success of building of winning a round and build on that to win a second round get to a conference final um, i've heard a few people say like a conference final is what they should be aiming for and i don't necessarily disagree with that
1: yeah i'm 100% with you on there one one more thing on dubas too is he's he's proven to be no one sifts through the bargain bin better than Kyle Dubas yeah he finds these guys like even watching the game last night in Philly in the way Connor Timmons plays. And it's like, they got this guy for nothing. And he's, he's been, he's really, really contributed to their defense core and the injuries they've had back there. And all the guys that have stepped up, we talked about a guy like Pontus Holmberg last week on, on the show about what a revelation he's been to the point that some people I'm seeing want to elevate him to like a second line position. It's like, I just, I look at the body of work and I know the playoff success hasn't been there, but I think there's enough, I like the overall direction of the team. And while the Montreal loss from two years ago was the one that really s- sort of sticks yep. in everyone's craw, the, yep. the loss to Tampa last year, that could have gone either way. Like that was, th- that was not them quote unquote choking. That was, they just didn't get the
0: bounces. Yep. Uh, yeah. I would, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. And, the ability from Dubas to <clears throat> retool every single year and pick and pluck from the bargain bin, going to Dollarama and finding some sweet, sweet deals that you didn't even think were there. It's like I read some stupid article in like Narcity recently. It's like, here are the best products that you could find at Dollarama. And Dubis is doing that, but like with some sort of internal free agency system. Yeah, or he's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can go find David Kampf uh, at the at this GM's Dollarama. That's gonna be sick. I'm gonna love that. Uh, picking up Dryden Hunt randomly in a, know, in a deal. In a, in a deal, you're like, I like, okay, Dryden Hunt all of a sudden is a key cog in this bottom six. Um, uh, but when it comes to a guy like Connor Timmons, you know what's funny is, uh, last week I asked Rasmus Sandin because uh, after the loss to St Louis. I said, okay, he just came back from injury, uh, and it was the 6-D that the Leafs had kind of anticipated on playing with to start the season. It was like that actual 6-Defenseman that everyone thought they were going to play with, and I was like, how did you feel about that? And he said, uh, well, it felt like okay, but I just want to say, too, that Connor Timmins has been really, really good. Without, without being prompted, he pulled the... Assembled media, how good Connor Timmons has been. So I think that speaks to the effect that a guy like Timmons has in the locker room saying, uh, we have a lot of capable individuals in this room and there's a lot of players that believe the pieces being acquired by Kyle Dubas fit the mold of the team and can help the team win, like Sandine said about Timmons.
1: 100%. So on the topic of Dubas, Dubas and the roster and acquisitions and whatever, Everyone is sort of talking about the upcoming trade deadline. Who are they going to add as a depth piece? Should they add another forward? Should they add a defenseman? Where are you at on that? Uh, I'm I'm been in the, we need another scoring forward camp, especially after all, all the injuries that happened on defense and all the guys stepped up. And I think Keith has sort of implemented a system where if executed correctly, this is a pretty good defensive hockey team. So, where are you at on that forward defense? Is there anyone in particular that you have your that you have your eye on? Is like, where where do you stand on the upcoming trade deadline?
0: I think I'm contractually obligated to say Jacob Trick Jacob Chickren is an interesting target, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think I have to say that he's yes. pretty good. Yes. Um, if the Leafs went out and acquired somebody that could sit in that top six, in Cali Yarncroak's spot, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. I think that. I think that would make sense. Um, but somebody to be able to, in that middle six, aka probably the third line, somebody who replaces like a Pierre Engvall, who is athletically... This, this dude number is... Uh, Pierre Engvall is like probably the most ripped dude on the team, by the way. He's uh, um, he's a crazy in terms of when it comes to like his muscle mass. A specimen. Uh, but... Yes, exactly. He's a physical specimen. Yeah, uh, Vince McMahon would absolutely love this guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's the kind of he's the kind of question like, what would you say it is you do here, Pierre? And there's a couple of guys in the bottom six where you say that about them, like, well, what do you, what have you necessarily contributed, other than just being coachable and being able to fit into Keith's system, which is hard to do, which can be hard to do, but. You need some extra scoring sometimes when the big guns aren't going. So I think it would make a lot of sense to to target. Oh, geez, I can't come up with anybody off the top of my head, but
1: a, t- um, a guy who can, a guy who can produce offense in the top
0: six. Yeah, a top six, middle six scoring winger, I yes. think, would make a lot of sense. Somebody Not another
1: yarn crock or Kerfoot type. Exactly. Preferably yeah. and that's, somebody with some
0: size as well. Somebody. Yeah, somebody who can kind of play up and down the top middle six who would be able to bang a body for now and again, but also put one in, you know, like a Wayne Simmons from several years ago. Something Mm -hmm. like that would be desirable. And it sounds like Dubas would be willing to pay a decent price for that, which means at least a first-round pick. Even though he's given up quite a few first-round picks in the last few years, I think that he's ready to pull off another deal where if that includes a first-round pick – um, and Prospect Capital will go with that as well, I think. You know what's funny is the guy
1: we're talking about, Pierre Engfall like, fits that mold physically perfectly. I mean, yeah. Like, he's just a big dude who can skate, who you think could be big enough to play the style that they need in that role that we're speaking of, but he just, he just falls a little short. He's not mean enough. Like he's a pretty decent little hockey player. Like he's not bad. I think he's gotten better as the years got on. But it's just you look at him and it's like this is exactly the guy we need. But he just he just falls a little bit short.
0: It's uh, it's funny because every time that you see him run around, you're like, you are bigger than a lot of other people on the ice. Why aren't you hitting people when you run into them? He's just it's too seen, nice. Yeah, yeah, he's such a nice guy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, too nice. What a, what a great dude. He comes in, says hello, doesn't hit anybody, maybe takes a chance or has a chance on that. Who knows? But yeah, he needs it. would be nice if somebody of Pierre Engvall's mold, uh, mold could come in, create some chances offensively, and hit some guys. That would be a great addition for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think their fans would love that too.
1: Oh, would, would, would they have those types of guys? Ryan and I always joke about the, the leaf. Legends, and we all love them, us included. But no one's ever like won anything yet. They name like <laughs> streets and after these guys, and and you're immortalized yeah. forever just because you played hard.
0: Yeah, like Darcy Tucker is yeah. one of the one of the all time greats in Toronto Maple Leaf history because he played hard. Yeah. He hit Wendell? guys, and he he had a season. Yeah, Wendell.
1: Yeah,
0: like yeah. whatever. I'm not. I don't want to disparage Wendell Clark. because I like Wendell Clark is a He's an amazing he's hockey a legend. Player. First overall pick for the show. Yeah, it's a legend, absolutely. Yeah. And deservedly so. Yeah. Like again, you're right. He you didn't win anything. No. Nobody no. in Toronto has won anything. Least, I know. Like, they're, they're still put on that pedestal.
1: Yeah. And my guy, I got my guy Dougie on the wall here. Same thing with him. Love him. All-time favorite yeah. hockey player. Didn't win anything here.
0: At no. All. <laughs> Did didn't win anything. Uh, here's here's an interesting one uh, that I that I was just thinking about as a trade target. What about Bo Horvat? you think that that's too much of a pie in the sky idea?
1: A little bit. I think it's a little bit too pie in the sky, but in terms of someone who could put the puck in the net, like that's a guaranteed guy who who can immediately step in and put the puck in the net. I mean, and and on the flip side of that, if you just watch the World Juniors, if I'm the Vancouver Canucks, I'm getting rid of everybody and I want to lose yeah. <laughs> every game for the rest of the year to try and get Connor Bedard. So, yeah. Uh, he's the perfect guy. You, that, you know what? I, I would rather them take a massive swing like that. Like, I don't want them to go get just like another guy who like, they they probably mm-hmm. are going to go get another Cali yard crow type guy. Like just, but yeah. I, I would actually love for them to just be like, let's just swing for the fences here. But they also don't have a lot to give up at the end of the day. They don't have, they're not I, they, working uh, with a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it, See, Horvat, I think, would signify that Dubas really does think this is his last dance, especially if he's on that lame duck contract. Does he take the swing for a guy like Horvat if he's still just got the one year left? Or if he gets extended, does he say, okay, let's play this a little more patiently at this point? Depending on what happens with Dubas or where Dubas thinks he'll be next year, I think will help steer the ship of the team, help steer the direction of where this team's going to go.
1: 100%. A couple more for you before we let you go. I I touched on it earlier when we were talking about sort of um, taking the season one day at a time. But a lot of people are talking about Austin Matthews and his his performance and how he's not on, he's not tearing it up like he was last year. And then you have other folks like myself who are like, I don't care about that. His 200-foot game is like he's, arguably become one of the best two-way centers in the league. And as long as he scores the goals in April, I don't care if he doesn't score again for the regular season. What's your opinion on Austin Matthews game thus far this year? And are you like, something's wrong here or are you like, no, this is a commitment to team defense and just let it go.
0: No, there's nothing wrong with Austin Matthews. The, the, the chances are still there. Even where you may think that he's having a, A down game or games you still look at him and just a down game for him is just like a good game still for anybody else where he's able to play that 200 foot game he's able to create chances he's able to draw the other team's best defenders in watching him and if you look at the analytics involved like his expected goals per game are still really high he's still getting those chances and he's still contributing in other Asset other factors of the game, including the uh, the faceoff dot where I think he's he's been the team's best uh, faceoff man, particularly better than John Tavares in the top six lately. Um, so I think that he continues to demonstrate that he's still one of the best players in the league, even if he's not putting the puck in the net at a 60 goal pace, he may he continues to be a superstar player that. Fans shouldn't take for granted. Certainly.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I just think it's not going in for him. Like, I, I see the chances yeah. every game, and it's just either it's just not going in or he just has a weird little bounce where he, he goes for a one-timer and it just tips off his stick or he just, he's a little wide. Like, I don't think he, I think he's had just as many chances to score this year than he has last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I it's going to start pouring in for, for him at some point. Like, he's not going to, be a guy who scores just 25 goals, even though he's almost at 20 goals already. Um, He's still a superstar player. That is, I think unquestionably the best player on the Leafs. Although Mitch Marner is having a hell of a season. Mm -hmm. Um, So so's number 88. Nylander's having a hell of a year too. Just he's, he's lighting the lamp. I think Nylander's doing exactly what he needs to do where you're not asking to for Nylander to be that 200-foot player. You say, Willie, can you please put the puck in the net? And he says, sure thing, boss. Yeah. And he goes and scores. That's exactly what you want from him, especially on the contract that he's getting. Just put the puck in the net, Willie, and that's all we ask of you.
1: Yep, 100%. Last thing, and this is kind of an interesting one. Ryan and I have have sort of been discussing the idea of load management in the National Hockey League, specifically with the Leafs, and I look at two guys like John Tavares and Mark Giordano in particular, mm. where it's like, this has been a bounce-back year for Tavares. Not not that last. He was still a point-per-game player last year, but he definitely, he, he's looked better, and he's been more effective this year thus far, but he still has nights where I feel like he's a step or two behind the play, and, and you look at this past weekend, they had a back-to-back. Philly is an awful hockey team. I just don't see why you couldn't, look at him and say, Hey man, like you're, we're going to need you down the stretch in, in Mm -hmm. April. Like, is this something like, would you mind sitting in the press box tonight and letting somebody else draw in same thing with Mark Giordano? What's your take on that? Do you think this is something that they should start exploring or is it just like, no, this is hockey. These guys don't do
0: that. It's the, the idea of it. I certainly don't disagree with, but it, it feels like it's a lot harder to implement in hockey than it is in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Kawhi Leonard treatment on John Tavares, I don't think is necessarily a apples to oranges kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I I I don't think that they will do something like that, and I don't think that Tavares would want to do something like that. If you said, okay, we're gonna <clears throat> excuse me, we're gonna sit our captain or a game here and there just because we're going to rest him. I think people on the surface would agree with it, but I don't think that the player would necessarily love doing something like that because a guy like Tavares wants to work through the season rather than sit out games and miss, miss games. Uh, I think it's easier to do with he's the oldest player in the league this year. Um, you know, whatever he is, 39, about to turn 40. So old. look at him just so old. He's going to turn to dust soon. Um, it wouldn't be as difficult to do that just because of the depth that you have on defense, like we mentioned, like you can slide Tibbins in for a game or something like that. Harder to replace John Tavares, you know, one of the key cog in the top six. Uh, a guy in your first power play unit, a guy who's taking huge draws in the defensive zone late in the game. Uh, a guy who's representing your, the team with referees. A guy who has familiarity with everybody else on the ice. A guy who works hard every night. A guy who Sheldon Keefe can depend on every night. Uh, tough to replace that easier to replace a guy like Jordano when you say that I like Mark Giordano, but you know, I have a few other options like a Jordy Ben, like a Connor Timmons that could slide in more easily than someone who could replace John Tavares. So on the surface, don't mind the idea of load management, but I don't think that it's as easy to implement on a guy like Tavares as somebody else.
1: Yeah. Hey, there's no way he's going to, he's going to Ryan said that last week when we were talking about it. He's like, there's, there's no way he's agreeing to that, even though on the surface it makes sense. And you could present like a scientific, case as to how it would help his body he would just probably look at you and go no no thanks
0: no absolutely yeah like even if you brought uh alex mckechnie the guy from the raptors Mm -hmm. over and it's like okay like this is what he did with kawhi leonard and the toronto raptors they won a championship Mm -hmm. uh would say like well i'd still like to play and i think and i think sheldon keith would say like yeah i think i'd still like john to play and they go all right cool all right well moving on we won't do that then absolutely kevin
1: Thank you so much for coming on, my man.
0: Oh, Jens, I appreciate it. It was Really, uh, really it was appreciate fun. it.
1: Yeah, wow. Thanks, buddy. Have to have you on again some other time. You can follow Kevin on Twitter, at Kevin Mickey, and you can see him on Sportsnet and Tim and Friends. We'll see you next time, yeah. pal. Thank you.
0: Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Once again, thank you so much to Kevin Mickey of Sportsnet for joining us. A great discussion. I tell you, man, these these interview segments that we're doing... I'm really enjoying them adding a new layer with a bunch of good guys coming on here to talk leaf hockey. It must be, and people are probably sick of me and you just bantering back and forth. Well, that's what it's we nice. Said that. It's nice to get people who who are around the team, who are around the industry in here, who are beauties to give us their takes. Thank you so much for checking us out, everyone. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We will be back in a couple of days. See
0: you then. See you then. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is
1: now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. and Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net-zero carbon-certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.
0: Come on, let's go to the Blue hotel. Listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.